Soccer Tonight, ESPN LA 710. Dave Dunham alongside Mike Trudell. For the next hour, we are breaking down and working up everything about these knockout stage games. We are into the knockout rounds of the 2018 FIFA World Cup. Mike, obviously this day, thankfully, mercifully, is nearly over. We've got to get through this show, and we're going to have a great time doing it. But I had such withdrawals today. I know. The no first time around. in a long time we didn't actually get to watch anything. Well, on the bright side, I don't know if you heard this. Uh, this is breaking news. FIFA listened to our show last night and is seriously considering Uh-oh. the Denholm Trudell package, which is 23 players take a penalty kick. Love it. To settle instead of the fair play rules. Now I say this partly in jest because, in fact, some of my best soccer friends were texting me and just being like, you're crazy. You're an idiot. Of course. I got and, a lot of, yeah. And but, it's like, I get, okay, I get that, but just, just do me, just, but, just, what's just the, think yeah. about it. Just, just, it's fun. I get that it's non-traditional, but how, is, is FIFA fair play? No. Is traditional? Is a coin toss traditional sports? I mean, no. No. So that's, and that's the we, next. That's the next one after the FIFA yeah. Fair Play, which you could still get a, t- a draw in, so to speak, or yeah. a tie. You know, but you can download yesterday's show if you want to listen to all that. We don't have to get into that again. Yeah, um, that's I, a good point. I want to remind everybody. We had a couple days issues. Michael Funches, the great Michael Funches, figured it out. So all the Soccer Tonight podcasts are within the Soccer Weekly pod center there. And, of course, we continue to do both shows here on ESPN LA 710. Uh, Mike, i got to tell you, the knockout stage, man, this is where it just gets so much fun. And there's nothing that helps a knockout stage game like an early goal, right? I mean, every soccer game is helped by an early goal. But, right. man, when the teams know that they're, you know, now they're down and they might be going, oh, it just it adds so much. If you're kind of new to the World Cup because you've been listening to us and you started to watch the game for the first time, maybe this World Cup, which so many people do each and every World Cup, you're going to love the knockout stage. Yes. It's basically like how Germany was having to play in the second half. Uh, you know, of, of their, yes. of their final South game Korea. against South Korea. Absolutely. Uh, that's basically what you have happened. And, and of course, it helped that South Korea got those goals late and then Germany really had to push forward. But it's, look, we're starting with a bank. France, Argentina. Okay. 7 a.m. tomorrow. Yep. On Fox. That is a banger. I said it. It's my, it's my, the game I'm most looking forward to in this round. I think it was your second, right? Yes. After Brazil and Mexico. And that's a tough one. I mean, look, I, I, I could, could, I could totally go, go with your pick yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. I got no problem with that. Flip a coin for that one. But right away, like just, you're going to wake up tomorrow, 7 a.m., boom, Messi is going to be on your screen. Whatever face he's got when they're, when they're singing the Argentinian national anthem on the other side of the field, for me, Paul Pogba, uh, Griezmann, I mean, all of this talent all over the pitch. And both of these teams now, I'd say Argentina may be a little bit more, quote-unquote, desperate uh, for a win, but but everybody at this point is pretty desperate. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, the thing that strikes me about these two teams, Mike, in this matchup is, to me, they don't seem to handle trailing very well. Now, you mm. can say, well, no kidding, it's soccer down home, the first goal is huge. Yeah, but there are some teams, Brazil... I'm not that worried. Like I'm, I'm genuinely not worried if Belgium goes down one nil to or, Japan or in the first Spain, 15 right? minutes. Spain, Spain no, no worries <laughs> whatsoever. Like, ah, we'll Doesn't mean they bit. won't lose somewhere along the line, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But you're not like worried. France and Argentina both. This first goal is going to just rock this game, and that's why I hope it comes really early, and more so than even usual, because these two teams, if they start opening up. They've got all the talent in the world, potentially. If they if they just find their own game, and you know if Pogba can get into the game early, and Griezmann is, look, we know France is loaded. They certainly could go out. I don't know what's going to happen in this game, Mike. There's a lot of games where you're like, you know, even if you're not shouting it from the rooftops, you kind of know where it's going. Probably most of us as soccer fans right. who are listening or doing the show or have been listening. 
I have no idea what Argentina is going to show up, what France is going to. I don't know. The one thing that I'm looking forward to the most uh, for France Argentina, and again, 7 a.m. tomorrow, if Paul Pogba is going to continue to play like he played in that group stage, which looked he only played that way about. I don't know, 30% of the time at Manchester United. And part of that was the style that they played with. Yeah, but it's... Fr- I like how France is, they basically have allowed him to be himself. And he is one, he is so deadly with his touch and with the types of balls that he can put over the top. He sees over the top of most defenders. Uh, he can, he can dribble around anybody that he needs to, he needs to. He's the kind of player that can create a chance out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And those players to me, of course, Messi is another one of these players. Those players are so key at this level because there's going to be teams that are relatively conservative at playing essentially, you know, not to lose. They're going to try to counter you. Sure. If you can play that way if you're France, to at least to some extent, and be solid, and then just let Pogba give you a moment of brilliance. And, and that's the thing that I'm looking for. I can't to. argue. And, and those moments of brilliance are what end up getting you through the tough times in these kind of games. Because like you said, the knockout stage is all about managing it and getting through no matter what. Like, you can't, you can never forecast penalties or, you know, you don't know what's going to happen if it goes that far. I mean, Costa Rica got through on some and then lost on penalties in the last World Cup. Sure. You, you just don't know. These two teams, if they're playing well and they both hit the pitch playing well and can't really force their will on the other, this could be a very interesting matchup to me. Now, who are you picking? I, I'm going to go with France. I just, yeah, me too. I'm not 100% sold on Argentina, obviously, the way they looked, but <laughs> how do you pick against Messi? He could come out and have a hat trick tomorrow and they win 3 1. I know. And I'm not, I, I'll be wrong if they do that. If he, you know, if he does that. Hey, at least we get to see Messi for another game, but I think France is just a little too good. Is that You're, your pick as well? Yeah, I'm going to go with France too. I, I just think that they are they are the slightly more talented team. They play a little bit better together, even though they're younger. Uh, I just I, I'm the mindset that us, that Argentina has had, even though it was much better in that third game. It's just still left me somewhat skeptical. Yeah. And before the tournament, I had France. I think into the I can't remember if I had them into the quarters or the yeah I had them I had them in the semifinal against Brazil. So I had them winning two games. So I'm going to stick with that. It's the team that I'm rooting for. Uh, so that's part of it too. So I, I'm going to stick with France. But I'm there's as I say it, it sounds there's the there's the little part of my brain Absolutely. that's saying, well, wait a second, why don't pick against Messi? Totally. It's only it's only one game, and he's on the field. Yeah, so it is, diffi- more. it is difficult I, that's to do exactly so. where I was wrestling, and it's not going to shock anybody if Messi and Argentina somehow get it together against a very good team, and rightfully so. Killing Mbappe could make a little difference in this one too. I love that kid, man. He is just so good. Yeah, I, he may have. So I know he was my pre-tournament sort of breakout young player. As most people's was he yours too? Uh, I liked your pick. I don't even. Rem- I think I, I did have him as one of my top two. Yeah. I don't know where if I put him one or two actually now, but uh, yeah, yeah he definitely is up there. He's special. So he's the type of player where it's not. So I love Marcus Rashford, right? We saw him play for England, and there's a difference though between these two young players. Mm-hmm. Mbappe can hit you in a bunch of different ways. Yeah, he makes smarter decisions when he has the ball. He's a little bit better one on one. I just if I had to pick between those two, and again, this is somebody that has a Rashford jersey. I'm gonna go with Mbappe. He's fantastic, and if they can get him the ball out in the wing, uh, which is something because uh, Argentina likes to attack with their left back uh, at times, and if they're doing that, you're you're trying to leave some space into the channel for Mbappe. That, that's where you could get burned. Yeah, so and I, then Mascherano has to make it up. I mean, come on, the, I'm not, the, I'm not diving, worried about that. Yeah, diving slide tackle. Yeah, yeah that, thirty yards. France is gonna take advantage of that. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. As we're breaking down these games, feel free to offer up your opinions at 877-710-3776, or you can hit us up on Twitter with your thoughts on these games, at TalkSoccer, at Mike Trudell. His is a lot easier to remember, of course. The next game is going to be very memorable, I believe. I really do think Uruguay-Portugal 
offer some interesting contrast in that I don't think Portugal's defense is quite as good as they were in 16 when they won the Euros and they were just looking for that one goal from Cristiano Ronaldo or maybe for him to set somebody up and then defend, defend, defend. I I think they're a little slower, a little more susceptible, but Ronaldo is still at the height of his powers, clearly, and they can score goals. Uruguay, they'll have no trouble winning every game 1-0 and just be happy with that. Not that they can't score more, but... They, their defense is locked down at times. It's kind of a battle of that force of Cristiano Ronaldo versus the impenetrable defense, it seems. As we were talking right there, it, it, the group stage can be misleading sometimes. And in this sense, even though we get to see a team play three times, we saw him play against Spain, and I thought Spain dominated the game, and Portugal was just super opp- opportunistic to yeah. score three goals. So I don't know if I really learned a ton about them in that game. And then they played two poor opponents. And the other two. So it's just like what, you know, with, uh, with, with I should say poor, but the, the way that they played Morocco and Iran, like they actually played decent, but just not teams where you can necessarily learn a ton. Yeah, those teams held their own and then some. Yeah, really. and they held I their mean. own. And so I, so Portugal, I didn't, I didn't get a great read off of them. I got enough of one to pick Uruguay to win this game. I think it's going to be a little bit of a slugfest. We, we worried about that last night, just given the way that both teams play. But Uruguay has kind of quietly won five straight games, right? Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, maybe even more in South American qualifying. They qualified rather easily in a tough place to qualify they, they have not been touched they have not been scored against yet uh, in the group stage so that's a team that I think is rolling quite nicely uh, they are they are very clever the way that they play they've been coached by the same coach for a long time they've got absolute elite world-class striking talent yeah we're talking about Cavani and Suarez and I mean, that might be the best attacking duo unless if you want to count Neymar you know as a as a striker or something with Gabriel Jesus who hasn't played that great I mean look on paper uh, maybe maybe I mean yeah Lukaku's kind of alone up there a lot of times yeah I mean if you you want to count like Hazard as a a striker or or something but he's more of a mid no I mean for just pure forwards it's hard to stop Suarez and Cavani because either one of them can kill you but also you know here's the thing look Ronaldo of course we always talk about the x factor I see this one as kind of a 2-1 thriller. I think this is an interesting game. I think Uruguay's going to win. You think they'll get out yeah, a little bit? I think Uruguay will win. Okay. I agree with you there. But I do think this is going to be a really fun kind of like breakneck kind of game. It's going to be more di- different than Uruguay's used to in that sense. I think Uruguay's not afraid to go at people. They have great defense. They're going to shut people out sometimes. But they're not afraid to score. Like like you said, they've got weapons and, and certainly can get up and down the pitch. So Ronaldo started the tournament better than anybody. Yeah, the hat trick, it, it just... Fire four right goals away in the first two games. Well, yeah. Then so. he scored the winner four minutes into the second game. Now he did miss a penalty in the third game. Yeah. If they crash out to Uruguay and he doesn't score, does that change this narrative about Ronaldo's World Cup that started out as as well I, as it possibly yes, could have? Absolutely, and and it just harkens us back to what we've been talking about all along. Although you forget it as the tournament builds because there's so much action. It's a long tournament. Let's wait and see how it shakes out here. You know, this is like the NBA playoffs here. You know, you're not worried about, ooh, first round, look how great this is. You got a long way to go. And what happens if Messi and Argentina just find their way through and, and Ronaldo gets dumped against a very good Uruguay team, which could obviously happen. We're yeah. both picking that. Right. All of a sudden, you're like, well, wait a minute. We were all so worried that Messi was so bad and his legacy was tarn. Let's just let it play out here. And at the very least, let's kind of root for them to meet up. On July 6th. That wouldn't be the worst thing. I'm not saying I'm picking it. I'm picking France-Uruguay like sure. you are. No, but no. if there was a couple of upsets in these games, I wouldn't hate to see Ronaldo and Messi going at it. Because how often do they play? How, like I know they play, of course, in La Liga, but that's a whole different animal. That's like two super teams going at it. But uh, uh, Portugal-Argentina, Portugal, or, uh, Portugal Argentina, I don't remember them really 
Yeah, I can't, at it. I, I can't mean, delete the last time. I guess time there may they... have been some friendly or something I'm missing. Or yes, they... tweet us or call us if, if you can remember the last time they actually their national sides played. And I might I be missing one. something big, but I don't think they've ever really faced off like that. That would be incredible. We go to that other, just the quick side of the bracket, same side, if you will, of the four games, but it is the Brazil, Mexico, and Belgium, Japan kind of. Uh, quadrant there, if you will, whatever word you want to use. And we've been talking about Brazil, Mexico, Mike. Let's just, we'll get a prediction coming up and then we'll dig deeper into the Belgium Japan game too. We didn't touch on that one quite as much, but if you have thoughts at 877-710 ESPN or on Twitter, he's Mike Trudell at Mike Trudell. I'm Dave Denholm at Talk Soccer and you are listening to Soccer Tonight on ESPN LA 710. Indeed, Soccer Tonight, ESPN LA 710. We roll on as the tournament rolls on into the knockout stage beginning tomorrow. 7 a.m. for France-Argentina. Mike and I both picking France in that one. And uh, the 11 a.m. game, Uruguay and Portugal. Hurts me to pick against Messi, by the way. Yes, Mike Trudell and I both pick Uruguay. So we're dumping Messi and Ronaldo right out of the tournament. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> Goodbye, guys. <laughs> Sorry, you're, guys. You're fantastic. Uh, hopefully La Liga kicks off not long after the uh, World yeah. Cup. Yeah, uh, yeah. And we look, we've got all we've got many more games to preview. At some point, Dave, uh, I want to get your thoughts here because I was researching before the show, and the Guardian has a bunch of excellent stats, like uh, like basically most shots attempted, uh, most passes finished, most times dispossessed, just so we can take a look at sort of who That's were the best and the stuff. worst yeah. of the group stage. Those are legit to stats that matter, you yeah. know, too. So I love that. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. Now, look, we're talking about a quadrant here, a portion of this tournament we love. Brazil, Mexico on July 2nd, and then Belgium, Japan on that day. And we're keeping it on that side of the bracket as we talked about France, Argentina, and Uruguay, Portugal. We broke down Brazil, Mexico's chances against Brazil, Mike. I love how El Tree plays when El Tree wants to play. And they're just going at Brazil. I believe this is going to be a very tight game. I see it as a 2-1 to one game. I see Neymar making the difference. I see Brazil winning this game. Yeah, I've got Brazil also, uh, and the thing that I'm curious about, though, so Mexico wants to play a certain style where, like against Germany, they basically counterattacked them to death, and they they just predicted that Germany was going to get too far forward, not get back in numbers, basically play a little arrogantly, and Mexico punished them. Now, that Brazilian team has certainly seen the the tape of this. I'm sure that they watched this, and, and they know how Mexico wants to play. And they also know that Mexico can't resist when they see those yellow Brazil jerseys. They can't resist just wanting to have a game also. So I think that that's going to leave Mexico susceptible to some extent. Yeah, and, you know, I, I would and, agree. Yeah, I and, would and, agree. But, but I don't know. I'm, I don't, I'm not dismissed. I don't think this is going to be a bad game. I don't think Brazil is going to run over them. I think Mexico is going to compete. I think they're going to have the ball maybe a little bit more. I think there are going to be some nervous moments. For Brazil, uh, I just they have too much for me to pick against. You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of like when you're watching the Warriors and the Rockets, and you're thinking, you know, I I can't on paper pick against the Warriors. I get why if you want to make an argument for why Houston's going to give them a problem, and they did, but ultimately the Warriors still won, and I think Brazil's going to do the same thing. It comes down to Brazil doesn't have to be firing at a hundred percent to beat a lot of teams, and that sure. includes Mexico, frankly. And I do believe it's going to be. A 1-1 game late, you know, 70th minute, 75th you know, minute, and then we'll see just pandemonium after Brazil scores and Mexico has to pour forward in those fights. It's going to be incredible. And, hey, if Mexico wins, would it shock me to d- – no, of course not. Belgium, Japan, on the other hand, frankly, I think Japan's uh, tournament comes to end. And, Mike, I, I do like the way Japan has played in this tournament at times. I, I really feel they're very technically sound. They're yeah, so, sure. You know, they're good on the ball. They've done a good job developing their talent in the last 15, 20 years from literally two-year-olds on up. So they it's reaping benefits for Japan. This is not a fluke, necessarily. 
but Belgium just, they score from different places on the field, too much talent at different places, and their defense against a team like Japan, it's a good fit. So, cause I still think Belgium may struggle against, well, as I have it on the bracket coming up here, Brazil, let's say, but I don't want to get, Belgium's going to win this game against Japan in my estimation. I, I think you see it probably the same way. I do. I, I agree with, I agree with what you said about Japan and the way they play. And I saw this documentary about soccer in Japan and there's this, there's a coach and he's actually American. Yes. Yeah, Tom Beyer. There you go. I follow him on Twitter. He's a, yeah, he's a legend. Okay. He's a legend. And there's a, there's a certain way that where, it's almost like the goals aren't even there, you know, when you grow up and it's just, it's a very, it's all about technically, uh, being able to dribble and, and seeing passes coming. And, and that's how they play. That's how yeah. the team looks. They just lack though that finishing burst. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I, you know, I, well, they I guess, don't have a Lukaku. Like, they don't, I mean, well, and, and they don't have a Hazard, uh, Eden Hazard, and they don't have a Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. I mean, these are three of the best, I don't know, 20 players in the world. Sure. You know, they, they Belgium is so high end with their talent. Uh, they also have a fantastic goalkeeper in Thibaut Courtois. I mean, this is just a, a solid, like one of the best central defenders in the world, Vincent Company, who made his debut after uh, coming back from injury. They are, they are really difficult in the air with Marwan Fellaini when he's, they just, they have a little bit of everything. They've had some time with this group to grow up together. They're all around the same age. So yes, they're, the only thing that I'm bummed about is that, again, if Brazil gets past Mexico and if Belgium gets past Japan, which is never a guarantee in soccer, I would love to see those teams meet a little bit later than the quarters. Just because I think that Belgium, I don't know, that, that to me, they're maybe the fifth best team or something. In the world, but yeah, yeah, I can they, see that. I, you know, I, that's only a couple spots apart. The I weird guess. thing is, I look at these eight teams as we just talked about. Now, this side of the bracket, Japan's worst matchup for this round would be Belgium. Out of these eighteen, you know, the other seventeen or the other six, even it's a better matchup for Japan. They'd have a better chance. Belgium's the worst matchup for Japan. Yeah, they don't and that's want to who see they Belgium. have to play. So they're going home, and we have Belgium. So we have Belgium, Brazil. Uh, Argent, well, France, a bigger part in Uruguay. We'll get to the, maybe even, you know, the later rounds, but we gotta go down to the bottom part of the, or the other side of the bracket. Yes. By the way, the Tom Beyer story, fascinating. U.S. and U.S., uh, U.S. soccer hired him and then didn't implement what he wanted to do. Just recently. Like this, if I'm reading the stories correctly, they totally just gagged on having Tom Beyer come back to America and we, and I thought, oh, this is incredible. I know. They just didn't bother doing what, I mean, it's ridiculous. That's another, that's for Soccer Weekly sometime, Mike. Yeah, I'll have you on thought. and we'll break that down for a half hold an that, hour. Hold that thought. Spain, Russia, Croatia, Denmark, Sweden, Switzerland, and Colombia, England. Of course, we alluded to those as they were put for, put in full force yesterday what, after the games in groups G and H. It's what many say is the weaker side of the two brackets. Yeah, but some interesting matchups to be sure. Spain, Russia is not particularly one of them on paper. I do think Spain has to be kind of feeling good about the only tricky thing is the home side, you know, like the crowd. Yeah. As long as Spain withstands the first 15 minutes of Russia running around like chickens with their heads cut off because they have the crowd behind them and they need that early goal, Spain will be fine. Well, you know I have an irrational love for Spain and the way that they play. And part of it is I spent a couple of weeks in Spain in 2006. It was actually during the World Cup. Oh, wow. And it was uh, the World Cup was in Germany. Yep. But, but, of course, Spain uh, went on to win the World Cup. And the, just the way that they played, and then also, I had, of course, I had been watching Barcelona play, and so the Xavi Iniesta midfield, just such beautiful soccer, and they're still playing that way. Yeah. Okay, they're still playing. They, they last World Cup, uh, you know, or excuse me, the 2010 World Cup, they kind of forgot that a little bit. Uh, but man, they are still playing like that. But I worry the game is in Moscow. It's I don't. It's not, it's not like these guys can't 
handle that kind of environment. Everybody in their team plays for the two biggest clubs in the yeah, world. Absolutely. So it's not like they've they been used it's to not big like a games. hostile crowd and a big game is going to intimidate them. But there's something a little bit different about playing against a national side. In Russia, they they looked really good at times. Yeah. And then they didn't they they looked bad against Uruguay, but they didn't have to win. Because they had the group essentially, they had their advancement in the group sealed. Yeah. So I I think that we're now a little bit sleeping on Russia just based on the fact that they got the result that they got against Uruguay when they were not playing a full side, and so I think they'll be a little bit better than expected. But of course, I'm just saying that to uh, to, to try to talk myself out of what I think should be the result, well, which because, is an easy Spain win. No, I see what you're saying because Russia, their players, a lot of them are playing in the Champions League all the time. You know, like I mean, a yeah, lot of those like, Igor Akinfeev has been through every. I like Kirishev. He's not afraid of anybody. He certainly has kind of stepped up in this tournament, which has helped them. They've got some young talent. They've got some good talent. Golovin's they just don't have really enough good. to beat. Yeah, they don't. Golovin is good. You're yes. right. He can play anywhere. But they just don't have enough to beat Spain on any given day. If the home thing is a, is a factor, yes, okay, maybe. I mean, it's not going to – again, nothing's going to yeah. ever shock you to the fun, point It should of, be a fun game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it'll be fun. The crowd will be into it. Might be a 1-0, but Spain will dominate. Even if it's one nil, I, I really believe that they know what they have to do to win defensively and offensively. They'll be fine. For the record, though, just so you know, you had the dates. I know you know exactly what 2010. We all know that. Yes, before you tweet in at us, 2010 is when Spain won. We get it. Mike was talking 2006, but it was actually oh, 10. Yes, you know, like, so, thank you. Thank you for yeah. No worries. So just, yes. you know, like, yeah, Italy, of course, won in. So don't tweet at us on that. At, it, we, I can't remember like last World Cup. Honestly, I think Germany won, but I always got when people started talking about the Brazil trouncing, and it was the World Cup was in Brazil, and I was like, the 2014 was in Brazil. I, I didn't even remember that, and that was like. Feels like a week ago. Yes, I uh, thank you for correcting me. Of course, Italy won in 06, uh, but I, I was there. I forgot in 06. that World Cup, honestly. Yes, I was there in 06 during the World Cup in Spain. Um, I let, you know, I, I didn't stay there for the final. Spain then won the next World Cup yes, in 2010. That was then, their golden generation yes, coming and the, through. The, and then they won the Euros. Yep, 2012. Yes, uh, but the, the, of course, 2014, last World Cup is when they crashed out in the first Did round. they win the 08 Euros too? Wasn't yes, it? I think, I think they, they won the three straight okay. trophies. Yeah, that's, yeah, yes, that so, have, yeah, so that, that golden I generation. I seriously now. can't remember remember last week anymore so i appreciate the help there but I th- yeah you're right they won three straight big tournaments and that was they're gonna win this game we move on you know we haven't gotten anything uh anything separated here between uh any of these picks mike we're not we didn't set this up beforehand folks okay we don't we don't particularly talk about what we're gonna pick we want to keep it fresh croatia denmark speaking of fresh the way the croatians attacked that group and the way they've attacked this tournament, I hope they continue to play that way against a team that's going to be tough to break down. It may frustrate Croatia a while, yes. Mike. And that's where Croatia has to keep their heads because they're the better team. And they just have to keep playing the way they want. Denmark's going to say, you're not going to play this way. And Croatia just has to force it on them. If Croatia does that through the middle, why wouldn't they with Rakitic and Modric? They can't be beaten this game. Well, I th- look, I think we're we're probably going to have some more agreements on these, but there's part of the reason is like these teams are seated the group winner versus the group yeah. runner up. Yeah, so there true. there should theoretically be a favorite, although we didn't pick all group winners, and so coming up uh, we can see if there's a little discrepancy for these final couple matches. Yeah, you agree that Croatia is the favorite, certainly will win this one. Or I mean, uh, yes, not that I, I it will. Would, you know, again, not that it's going to destroy me if Denmark wins, but I have a, I have a question for you on the other end though about that. So I'm I'm not I, I may need I may need a final okay. convincing before picking. Croatia. 
Croatia. Fun. Sweden, Switzerland. This is a July 3rd matchup, which also has the Colombia-England later portion of that. Sweden, Switzerland early on July 3rd. We'll break those down. We got a lot. I mean, we got so much more to get to with this tournament just wrapping up here. It's too much fun. Uh, at Twitter, at uh, you can hit us up, at Mike Trudell. I am Dave Denholm at Talk Soccer, also at 877-710-ESPN. So much more to get to. Keep it right here. Soccer tonight. Dave Denholm, Mike Trudell, and you on ESPN LA 710. Soccer tonight here on ESPN LA 710. We're hanging out with you as we do during this World Cup and uh, just breaking down these games in the knockout stage. There's so many intriguing matchups, certainly. uh, Great stuff going on uh, at Talk Soccer on Twitter, at Mike Trudell. Got a great uh, tweet in from at V 37 says, Good stuff, gents. Digging the picks. Below are his picks. He, he, can't, he sent us a little picture. He has, so far, the games we've picked. He had Uruguay, Argentina, Brazil, Belgium. That's how I think we saw that, certainly. He had Spain, and he has Denmark upsetting Croatia. So a little bit of movement there. Interesting. Now, Mike, we still got two of these early, the first knockout games to pick on July 3rd, the last of the round of 16, if you will. Sweden, Switzerland. Columbia, England. Let's start with the Columbia, England. You know, there's so much hub, hubbub about that group. Nobody wanted to win that game. And Belgium was, you know, put out eight or nine new guys. England did the same. And England really didn't want to win for some reason. Columbia, they want to play. I don't get that. Frankly. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't buy that argument either. I don't but, either. Yeah. It, yeah. They, they, look, they, they rested their guys that were on yellows. They rested some of their stars to avoid them getting injured. Sure. But the guys that were on the pitch played hard. They tried to show their coach that maybe they should play in the next round. Yep. Uh, I didn't. I didn't think it was a cynical game uh, by any means. No. I thought both. I, I thought both teams had there good was chances. more chances than I thought there would be in the game. Yeah. I mean, Rashford should have buried at least oh, two goals. Yeah. You know. So there. I, I actually thought that was fine. I also just. I also didn't learn a ton from it. As to which team, they, like they, they look relatively evenly matched. I thought Belgium had a little bit better of the play overall, but they looked relatively. You know what even. I learned? I'll be honest with you. Uh, you know what I learned? I learned Belgium's backups and England's backups would have gotten out of Group A. Yeah, well, that, you know, if they were their own team. Yes, <laughs> yes. because they played a pretty good game against each other, and yes. Yanezai's goal was very nice, and Belgium had a couple of their chances. There were more chances than I thought. Yeah. So yeah, you, we didn't learn much there, but I think. You know, I hate to say this to my good dear friend Carlos Torres, who's a friend of mine and Soccer Weekly. And he's a diehard Colombia. You know, he came from Colombia as a young. England's going to win, Mike. I think England's going to win too. And the main reason, aside from the fact that they they looked good in that group stage, no James Rodriguez. At least we expect, yeah, right. And that would be a big surprise if he was able to come back after leaving in the thirtieth minute and just not looking like himself all tournament, carrying a calf injury. Still able to have a couple of moments of brilliance, especially in that second game. But I think without them, they're, they're just a little different. They're a little bit less threatening. And I think that it's a, it's a mental blow, you know, to see him on the sideline as opposed to being out there. So, what could have been kind of thing. And yeah, if things yeah. start to go a little awry, then it's even more of an excuse, you know, it's just, yeah. And, and I think England, it's a mental thing. At least right. I, I hope if, it, so England in the past, maybe they would take that the wrong way and not play, um, optimistically. But this England team, I, I, I gotta give Gareth Southgate, the coach, some credit i just like how they move together i like the positivity i like the connection with the players and you don't always always have that uh, with england so i'm I'm on england for this and then i'm also going to pick england to beat the winner of sweden switzerland which 
Man, I really, I really want to pick Sweden just because you have been so <laughs> on the nuts of Switzerland throughout this tournament. You said that you're, if your life depended on it, Denholm, you would pick Switzerland. To out get of a draw or better, remember. It's of, not a win. Out of any team, yes. and I said there are six teams at on least. On any given day, that I would Switzerland is one of the hardest teams in the world to beat. But man, you know who else has been really hard to beat? Sweden. Sweden. They've no, been really it's... hard to beat too. So I, I want, you know what? I'm going to do it, Denholm. Just, just to spite you, <laughs> go Swedes. I, I'm from Minnesota originally, the home of many Scandinavians. Sure, the Bjorklands and the Andersons and the Larsons and the Petersons. If you're listening, shout out to you. The Those Swedish Lutherans up there. Yes. Yeah, they're everywhere. So, so let's go Swedes. That will be our probably our only disagreement of this entire first round because I also want <laughs> Croatia be. beating Denmark. Um, so yes, yeah, so let's go Sweden. That'll be what separates us. Uh, you there, you have it. Your life is on the line. I, I'm, I get it that I'm picking the underdog. Switzerland probably has a few more world class players, but let's go Sweden. Yeah, I, you know, look, I who could argue in the sense that it's going to be a magnificent game of just a battle of wills. It might be nil nil into the 119th minute, and maybe go to penalties. I hope. I hope no game goes to penalties. Of course, other than just for the drama of it, it's cool. I just like to see yeah. goals. You know, I don't like to see the nil nil that has to be decided by penalties. Although I'm not a guy, Mike. I don't know how you feel about this. So many times you, everybody who's not like a diehard soccer fan comes at me with the, oh, these penalties, this is so unfair. What are they supposed to play all day? You have to I, put some pressure on teams I, to score. I hate the penalty. Uh, I agree. Whiners. I hate it too. Shut up. Okay. Stop whining. Yes. What, what do you, you're, this is okay. At least it's, at least it's a related skill that you have to execute in, in the game. How about field goals in football? What does that have yeah. to do with football? Give the goalie some credit that's, that's maybe what, for making some saves during the, PKs. The only reason that American football has kickers is so that you could call it football. It's exactly right. It's just, it's silly. That doesn't have any, there's no other skill that the, the kickers don't even practice with the rest of the team. They're, I, I worked for an NFL team. I worked for the Ravens in 2006. Yeah. There is no, there's no cohesion whatsoever between these groups. Peyton and then, Manning told you the truth about kickers in that one interview. <laughs> I mean, he was just like, really? A kicker? On. So, so I, and I hit, look, I, and I, I hate to really go that harsh on NFL kickers. They're, they're earning their living too. It's just that this is at least something that you should have to do. We all who played soccer grew up taking penalty kicks after practice. Okay, it's it's in, it's crazy dramatic. Yep, it's it changes lives in some senses. Think of Roberto Baggio in the '94 World Cup. Absolutely, did I get that year right after I screwed up the Spain one? So yes, I, I am not opposed to You'll never going forget to that. Yeah, look, I agree because you can't play all day. First of all, look, if it's the final of the World Cup, some people will at least you know kind of hedge their bet and say, well, at least in the final, because I always come back with them like, look, there's knockout games that go on in, in four more days. You want guys running around for 400 minutes, but like in game seven of the Stanley, they don't get like seven days off or something like that, or another seven-game series to recover, quote They have to play again in like three or four days. You can't be running around in the heat for 300 minutes till somebody accidentally scores one when they're all dead yeah. tired. Uh, two things I just thought of. First of all, Stay tuned to 710 after this, okay, because it's a, a big free agency show. Absolutely. Uh, Steve Mason on the mic with a bunch of everybody else starting at 9 p.m. going all the way to midnight. And then I just got a text. What do you know about kickers in the NFL? Text is from Keyshawn Johnson. Now, if you would like to call in, Key, first of all, thanks for listening to Soccer Tonight. I know you love Appreciate the World that. Cup, man. Yeah. I know you love the World Cup. If you want to call in and talk in, what I'm trying to say again, Keyshawn, 
and anybody else listening, is that kickers don't really have much to do with the rest of the game. And I get that it's an it's it's, an, it's essential. It's always been there in the way that the NFL has played. I was just trying to make the point that with people complaining about how soccer, it's like, oh, penalty kicks are not what should settle a game. Well, at least kicking the ball into the goal and trying to save it is the is the whole essence <laughs> of the game. You know, that's all. That, I'm just trying to defend uh, people yeah, that are know, taking shots at penalty kicks. 877-710. Now, I'm not even going to give out the whole number to Keyshawn. He doesn't know what the number is to call in. So I'm not going to give it to him because I don't even care if he calls it. I don't want him calling in. doesn't matter. How dare you? Call exactly, in. at 877-710-3776. Don't even think about calling in, Key. Too, good, too much stuff we got to talk about, Mike Trudell. And we will continue. We'll, hey, look, we'll get to the final eight, the final four. We'll even keep going. We had our pre-tournament picks that obviously the brackets changed things, so... We will have our final eight picks coming up with some massive matchups. If these things go to the way we're planning, holy cow, the round of eight, oh, the quarterfinals are going to be off the charts. Back when, uh, back when Key was in great shape, uh, as an, and he's still in pretty good shape, but as an NFL player, is he still, is, is this he the, the ding no, of your I'm phone saying, I'm hearing I'm from saying, him or what? He could have been a great keeper. Yeah, Think of yeah. the, the quickness, 6'4, six, four, six, four, yeah. the perfect height, uh, hands, hands, you know, uh, not uh, I mean, tough. Go, uh, going up on corner kicks, De- shedding defenders? Decent hands. Oh, come on. <laughs> that's, like, that's like crazy. What are you talking He's about? Quick. He was fast and he How was quick. You? And How he, dare you? How dare you? He shouldn't catch anything. Stop it. Kick me the... I mean, he wasn't quite Chris kick Carter. Kick me the bleeping penalty. <laughs> Denholm, stop, stop. How dare you? How dare you? Keisha I love he. He would have been one of the best goalkeepers in the world if he that's wanted right. to play. That's what I'm trying to say. Without a doubt. He is Mike Trudell. I'm Dave Denholm. And somewhere out there on the... 405 of the 110 is Keyshawn Johnson listening, as are you, to Soccer Tonight here on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Tonight, he's Mike Trudell. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to ESPN LA 710 as we are absolutely having a great time with the knockout rounds. We've already gone through the round of 16 with our winners. we got people uh, sending in tweets, at Talk Soccer and at Mike Trudell. Some funny stuff going on. Israel tweets in. Come on, guys. you got to give this Mexico squad a bit more of a chance. Remember, these same teams have met in the big stage in recent history. They'll do more than just keep a hit competitive and will win. Vamos al tri well, Denholm, from Israel. Denholm did pick. Well, I shouldn't say pick, but he said before that the matchups were known that he thought Mexico could win the whole thing. Yes. So he was very much giving El tri its fair share of credit. I was the one, if you want to come at me, I will take the heat. I said, I don't think they can. I don't think they can string game after game after game uh, to to get to the point of actually winning a final. But could they beat Brazil on one given day? Sure. Yeah. I'm just, I, I don't I don't think many of us are going to pick it. Mike, I'm not going to lie to you. Falling into second place for Mexico is a killer with Brazil and Belgium right there. You yeah, know, in that sure. same little quadrant there. That is a killer yeah, for L3. And again, not to say they can't do it. I, I believe that. But boy, if you would have slid into the... Sweden spot, you know, you take on a tough team in Switzerland. As everybody knows, I love the way the Swiss play, and they're hard to beat. But then you got Colombia, England coming off a high, you know, maybe one of those teams really feeling good about that win. Mexico certainly could have thrived in that side of the bracket, in that particular spot where Sweden ended up, and full credit to the Swedes for getting it done, no doubt. So Israel, I mean, you're not wrong, but it's going to be a tougher ride for sure for Mexico. Look, just get to the knockout stage. Even if you don't always win your group, fine, but then you got to go do it against some really tough teams. Speaking of really tough teams, Mike, we'll go to that round of eight. Uruguay, Argentina. The Argentines won a game and drew a game against Uruguay in qualifying. That's so long ago, you know, and Argentina struggled with a lot of the other teams. Wait, did and- you just, did you just break news? You already knew the, you already know the, you're, you're taking, uh, Argentina and Uruguay getting the round of eight? 
Because aren't you taking France? Oh, I'm sorry, France and Uruguay. Oh, it's my just, bad. Well, here, so then I can't look. I can't. I'm I trying can't to keep pick. alive my pick that I had going to the finals initially. So. Yeah, I mean, look. I'll t- so I'll tell you. Here's the problem: when you fill out your bracket right, yeah, you're right. before yeah. the tournament starts, it's it's different now because <laughs> it's we, so true. like I had I had Uruguay um, in France in the eights, and then Brazil, Belgium, Spain, Argentina, Germany, England. So seven of those eight teams are still in it, yeah. and can win. But they're but it's not different. all of them will get there because yeah. the match. No, my mistake. Different. We both yeah. had Uruguay, France. Yes. Let's go to these picks. We've talked about these teams. This is one where France may struggle against Uruguay's defense. If that's the matchup, I'm going with Uruguay. I am okay. I am I am opposed to this whole train of thought, Denham. We can't pick the eight until yeah, we get okay, what the eight is. Okay, we can't do it. You know what? Let's pump the brakes. Yes, get, let me. Mike Trudell is speaking wisdom stop, here. Stop. Let me give you instead because I think you're going to get on some of this. Okay, so the the. I want, I want you to see if we can figure out the most dispossessions per 90 minutes. By the way, you're producing this show tonight magnificently. <laughs> that is a great turn right there. Yeah, I'm just, I'm cutting that off. Yeah. Uh, okay. Most times dispossessed per 90 minutes. Who um, do you think is the number one player who's been dispossessed in this World Cup? You know, it's, it, you gotta have the ball to be dispossessed. I'd say Neymar. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Well I done. Mean, okay. Good. And he six. has lost the ball a lot. Yes. Because he attacks people. And and that's fine. Exactly. And so we're not, and, and here's the thing. It seems like a negative stat. It's not. No. I, I, the, a lot of coaches would love to have a player that is willing to go at players Absolutely. all the time. So all credit to Neymar. If you get a kick in once in a while and you get the ball away from him, great. He's going to beat you the other 10 times that he attacks. Yeah. Out of and 15. you only need like three or four yeah. good chances to score once or twice and then look out. So. Now, now number two, Ooh. you, I think you could also guess this one. Think of who else has the ball the I most. I mean, I would think Ronaldo is right up there, but boy, there's guys like, you know, Azard and you know people like that. Messi, more, th- yeah, there but, you go. So it's more obvious. Messi is so he number two? Messi's number two. He barely had the ball in that second. Of course, Nigeria took mm, it away from him still, every time. I, no, he still he still had the ball yeah, a lot. I, I would actually argue Ronaldo didn't have much of the ball. No, he didn't. That's why I kind of pumped yeah, the brakes just, on that. But. It just went into the net when it touched his foot early, at least in the group stage. But so Messi's there, number two. I would think Modric might be high up, but he doesn't get the ball stolen from him. I know. Yeah, that's and, the thing. It's, and, and Messi doesn't. Well, I shouldn't say that. For the amount of times that he attacks, he doesn't get it taken and away. And Modric that often. doesn't really—he's not like the attacking no he's, every time kind of guy. Right, he's the, he's yeah. running the show. He's, but, he's doing it more in the way that yeah, Xavi does it, it, like where he's boy, got the ball, but he's giving it up before he's really going you into know, a tackle. It sounds crazy, but a guy like Juan Cuadrado of Colombia, yeah, it's another, yeah might it's be good. high on that stat sometimes because he attacks every time he gets the football. Well, so some another name on most dribbles per ninety minutes that I thought was interesting uh, plays for Spain. Said the ball a ton. Isco? Really, exactly. Yeah. Isco. Uh, and he's been terrific, I think. So Absolutely. Far. I, you can't, uh, yeah. I can't argue with that. I'm yeah. talking like best 11, kind yeah. of, if he keeps this up. Yeah. And if, it, and if Spain continues to go on. Speed demons. How about this? Ooh. Fastest player at the World Cup as clocked. Who do you think? Mike, I've watched almost every second of this World Cup, right? Other than maybe some breaks here and there to go run and get something, and maybe I missed something. Cristiano Ronaldo looked the fastest to me when he ran by defenders in this tournament. You, at just unbelievable clips. You have once again nailed it. Well, it is Ronaldo. Uh, now, two players that are that are up there, two English players that are up there tied for sixth place, Raheem Sterling and Marcus Rashford. They can run. Um, so they've got some top elite Quadrado's speed Quadrado's fast for Colombia, too. Quadrado's he, fast, yeah. He will they, get behind you. They clocked the slow. I feel like this one's a little unfair. They, the, they clocked the slowest outfield players, and number one was Vincent Company. Now, you know, look. He's not. First of all, he's not that fast. But he was only out there for twenty minutes, exactly. kind of like trying to get in his get in fitness so that he could get ready for uh, the next stage. And then they had they had a uh, De- Paulo Dybala as tied for fourth year wow. for slowest outfield play. That surprised me. Well, he like, played slow in the times he was out there, so yeah. I could see that you know he wasn't looking to like 
take people on at speed on the wings as much as he should have. And frankly, that's been their problem. So yeah, maybe I mean Dybala is certainly faster than you know than like worrying about how yeah, fast you would, he is. You would think. Uh, okay, one other one other one that's that's a little bit telling. There is a team that crossed the ball. Almost double the, mm. the second team. Oh, let me let me see this. Just thinking about it, so so they put a billion crosses in in the group stage. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm gonna get this one wrong, but boy, you know who crosses the ball a lot in all honesty is Switzerland and Brazil. But I, I don't think those are correct for the actual this tournament. So I would say I'm gonna go with. Oh boy, that is a tough one. Let's go a weird. I'm gonna take a, a flyer here. I'm gonna go with. Japan. Okay, so it's actually Germany. Wow! 73 right-wing crosses, 35 left-wing crosses. Number two was Sweden with 29 and 15. Oh, Sweden. But but it wasn't even close. No. Like 73 to 29 on one side. and then 30. So Germany, of course, part of this was because after they lost their first game, they were pressing for True. basically the entire second and third games and just flying up yeah. the wings. And, and so, so I guess in that context, it makes some sense. Uh, they just didn't end up scoring any goals exactly it also means it's not yeah. the panacea that everybody thinks oh get it out to the wings all the time no uh they also took the most shots 67 wow. shots in their three games brazil was number two with 50 uh, 56 belgium number three with 53 that makes sense they had what eight goals going into the england game so nine yeah. goals in three games yeah in belgium sense. Uh, belgium also had th- this is from pretty good efficiency though 22 shots on target yeah uh, to lead all teams so belgium so peppered their you know, opponents people, People don't look at that shots on goal uh, stat enough, I think, because too often we see that shots first, and everybody's like, "Ooh, look, they outshot them fourteen to eight. And then shots on goal, it's like four four. Well, if you don't shoot on goal, it ain't going in. Yeah. So uh, it's just, yeah. I mean, shots on goal far more important stat and telling stat than just shots, quote unquote. Yeah, I agree with that. Those are interesting, though. Let me give you this one quick, and then and ch- take us in a different direction. Distance run by teams. In oh. meters per minute. Now, I thought this, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Sometimes you're running a lot because you can't get the ball. Yeah. And other times you're running around because you just work hard and you're, you're industrious. Here are the top five. Denmark, Serbia, Costa Rica, Egypt, Australia. Wow. Now, the only team advancing is Denmark, but the fact that they ran more than any other team in the World Cup is interesting to me. Peru uh, ran them into the ground that game. Right. So just try to keep up with yeah. Peru as and part of it. They played Australia, so that game they were both going, going at it, right? Neither one of them could really get going. Yeah. And then they were kind of chasing. Not well, the France game though. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, that didn't seem like a interesting. I think that stat's a little like, eh. you know what I mean? That like in terms of, I mean, all, like you said, four of the five are gone. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe yeah, it's that, not necessarily a good telling. thing. Yeah. Just well, Mike, the, these these picks for this final round of six, they're going to be great. Uh, you know, we're wrapping this thing up again because this is the fastest hour in radio. We can document that. Forget Cristiano Ronaldo. This is the fastest thing you'll hear in soccer. Yeah, to, this each is, and every night here. This in the old Power Hour with uh, with Michael Thompson. Oh myself. man, it's, you it, blink and they're right gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. But we will continue the conversation with you. Feel free on Twitter. He is at Mike Trudell. I am at Dave Dunholm. Mike, real quick here. We got like a minute left in the show. You're still sticking with your your best matchups. Who are who are the players that are going to now? Like maybe somebody who hasn't really done that much leading into this knockout stage. Is there somebody who then maybe picks it up a little bit? Man, I'm just if I don't know if I can pick anybody out individually uh, that that hasn't done much. I'm I'm just the game that I'm focused on though is the the one to start tomorrow because I think that'll tell us sure, a lot about sure. where the rest of the World Cup is going. You because know, I, if let's say let's say that Argentina does beat France, then all of a sudden. 
everything is gone from that struggle in the in the first round. And all of a sudden, you're thinking, well, wait a second, they can beat Portugal yes, or Uruguay. That's true. And then and then wait a second, you know, we'll we'll see if Brazil makes it out of the Brazil Belgium. Like they're if they can just get that one in, important win against France, and then vice versa, if France wins that game, they're feel, feeling pretty good about themselves getting to the semifinals. So I think that yeah. game is going to tell us a lot about what to look for in the rest of the World Cup. I hate to drop this right now with like 12 seconds left here, but I actually think I'm I'm expecting to see more out of Kevin De Bruyne. Not that oh, he's played yeah, badly. Yeah. He hasn't had to do much. Like that's created, the point. Created a lot of chances. I think yeah, he's he going to step up here, and this he's going to he may even take over these knockout games. Okay, all right, De Bruyne, Mike Trudell, Dave Denholm, and you. Soccer tonight rolls on here. It's been a great hour on ESPN LA seven ten. Thanks, Mario. Thanks.